Villas Grace Church, building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know him, to grow in him, to go with him. It's good stuff. It's good to be up here this morning with you guys. I get to kick off the first part of our two-part series, Giving Thanks. We're, we're doing a two-part ser- uh, little uh, series that's kind of around the Thanksgiving area here, and we're giving thanks because God is forever good, loving, and faithful. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, Lord, we love you and we praise you because you are the giver of all good things. Lord, thank you so much that we have the opportunity here to just come here and worship you, Lord, and just sing about, talk about, hear about how awesome you are. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Be thankful. That's the season we're in now, right? You get to hear all these different things uh, during the Thanksgiving season of what everybody's thankful for. Sometimes they'll even start like November 1st. We'll see stuff on social media every day. They'll post something. Well, I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. It's, it's a good thing to do. So I ask you this morning, think about what are you thankful for and why? If you can't think of something, you could go online and there's things like a hundred things everyone could be thankful for. There's different things on it like this. If you have good health this morning, be thankful. I know that you, you know, some of you aren't as old as I am, but I know that as, as the older I get, I'm thankful when my body is not in pain or I, I'm, I'm not achy. My allergies are a little crazy this morning, but I'm thankful when I have good health. I'm thankful I have two awesome jobs that I'm able to work. Uh, you know, God has gifted me with one job. I get to work with my hands and another job that he's put me in a position like this that I get to be a part of what's going on here. I am so grateful for my jobs. We could be grateful for family. Some of us are grateful for the family we have, and some of us are thankful for the family that lives far away. Amen? If you don't have good family, maybe you have close friends. You could be thankful for the friends that God has given you. I'm very thankful for my one very good friend that also cuts my hair. He's a good barber. Even though he doesn't like to admit he cuts my hair. Because he says that I like it in a way he would never cut it this way. So he, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Why is it so important to be thankful? Think about that. Why is it so important for us to be thankful? There's many good reasons, but one of them is we get life perspective, right? Like we think about, hey, you know what? My life's not really that bad. It, it, it's, it's actually going pretty well. My mother was the queen at this. She can guilt somebody. Oh man, she was good at that. But in, specifically in this area, I can remember being in my young 20s. I, I was, I think I was a dad at 19. So I was a, a young father and, you know, and I had a lot to deal with uh, very early on. So what, what comes with that? Stress. And I can remember sitting there, you know, venting to my mom, I can't believe this, and this is going wrong, and, and that's going wrong, and, and, you know, I'm just so stressed out, I can't take it anymore. And she would give me some practical things, like, hey, you know what, listen, maybe you should try this, or maybe you should try that. 
But if I wasn't getting it, my mom was so good at this. She'd be like, I'm sorry that your life is so miserable. You know what we should do? We should maybe go down to the children's hospital where the cancer patients are and talk to those parents whose little children are riddled with cancer. Maybe we should do that. I'm like, oh, okay, mom, you're right. My life's not that bad. Life perspective is, is a really good thing for us. In fact, many studies show that people who are thankful for the little things in their lives are happier generally. They're just happier people, period. I wonder why that is true. It's almost like it's embedded in our DNA, like we're meant to live that kind of life. But y'all know that our sin nature gets in the way, right? If it seems reasonable that even unbelievers seem to live a more happy existence from being grateful, Christians should benefit even more. Amen? Maybe it's because as human beings, we were actually created to be thankful for what we have and give God the praise and glory. See, for a believer, it's, it's even more important for us because not only should we be grateful, but we know the one who we should be grateful to. When we're thankful for who God is and all that he's done for us, we then get to express that in praise and worship. You know, we are actually never closer to God than when we are praising and worshiping him. Today we're going to focus on the act of being thankful as, as King David calls us to an act of praise and worship in Psalm 100. He calls us to praise God, not out of religious necessity, but because of who God is and all that he's done. That's why the sermon title today is Thankfulness Leads to Praise. It's our thankfulness for all that God has done for us and all that he's doing in our lives that should lead us to praise him. We'll be in Psalm 100 going through verses 1 through 5. Uh, let's read those, put those on the board. If you don't uh, have them in front of you, they'll be up on the screen. Psalm 100, verses 1 through 5. A psalm for giving thanks. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us. And we are his, we are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his, his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. That is some good stuff in there, people. That should get you fired up. If we take those five verses and, 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 we, and we condense them down into one main idea, we get this. We praise God because that is what we were created to do and because He alone is worthy. We get so like messed up, like focused on the earthly things that we forget to focus and praise the one who gives us everything, the one who created us. 
when we're actually doing those things because it's what he created us to do. And when we fulfill what he created us to do, we remember that he alone is the only one worthy of our praise. Let's break down these verses to see why that's true. we looking at verses 1 and 2. A call for all of creation to praise and serve God. David says, a psalm for giving thanks. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. He starts off saying, make a joyful noise to the Lord all of the earth. It's a call for all creation to praise God. We would vacation a lot in the summers uh, in a place uh, called Bullshoals Lake. It's in northern Arkansas, Missouri border. And if you ever told me that I would really enjoy vacationing in Arkansas, I would have said, you're nuts. But this place is gorgeous. We, my uh, brother-in-law's family owned some property there. And we would stay like kind of outside that town in a real rural area, really heavily wooded, like really big oaks and maples and just these huge trees. And we would stay in this little park um, in this trailer that they had. It was pretty big. It was, it was pretty cool. And I love to do my morning devotionals on the back porch every morning. It was just something really cool just about being surrounded in nature and the weather even in July is not that bad there. It's kind of nice in the mornings. So just going out on the back porch, drinking my coffee, you know, just spending time with God. But it was funny, uh, the first, one of the first mornings I was out there, the one time we were there, I just noticed that there was like a million birds. And they're flying all over like the, this canopy above me from tree to tree. And they're all just chirping and making a bunch of noise. And I didn't really notice it the first morning. But then the next couple of mornings, I noticed it's like the trees were alive with birds chirping. And I'm like, this is happening every single morning, almost at the same time. It almost seemed like as the sun was rising, they all came to life and just started singing. I mean, I don't know much about birds, but I remember Jesus mentions how God cares for the birds and how they don't even reap or sow. They just trust in their creator every day. It's like these birds are doing exactly what they were created to do. It's almost like they're in their instinct is to get up every morning and praise God. All creation declares the glory of God. Think about, I don't know if you've ever stood at the foot of a huge mountain, but this, this, this Florida boy who grew up in a flat swamp, I love the mountains. Any chance I get, I want to go hike the biggest mountain that you can find. But I love just standing there and just kind of drinking it all in, this giant mountain. I mean, I think the biggest mountain around here is the landfill. But... I just love seeing this big, giant mountain, and it just reminds me of the majesty of God. And it, it's, it's great. You get to, you know, we get to enjoy here the sunsets out on the beach, you know, when we're not too busy and we actually get to enjoy this area. And you just see these sunsets, and they're just painted beautifully, like, like the greatest artist ever got to paint the sky with all these oranges and purples and blues and reds. And it's just, it's, it's amazing. So David's calling on all creation to give thanks and praise the creator. But there's something else in that too. I don't know about you, but when I'm praising God, something amazing starts to happen. It's like it actually changes me. 
Sometimes when I'm having a terrible day or I'm going through something really hard and my mom's not around to remind me that I don't have it that rough, I quietly start to praise God for who he is and all the things that he's done for me. Now listen, this isn't easy. It's, it's something that's almost forced at first because we don't want to praise God in that moment, right, church? We want to get mad and we've been slighted and we want to be upset and we want to vent and we want to point fingers and we want to blame. But it, it's something that, that happened to me a long time ago that I try to remember to do. Something starts to change inside me. I start to feel close to God and, and my problems don't seem very big anymore. They start to seem less and less. It's like I begin to have more hope and I start to feel better about the situation. Now church, in that what changed? Did my situation change? Did the things that were coming at me from all directions and stressing me out, did those things change? No. My focus went from my problems to my Father in heaven, who's the giver of all good things. And I know I could have faith and peace and hope that's found through Him. The problems don't go away, but I know He will get me through them. It's almost like we could learn a lot from these birds. We should just wake up every morning singing the praises of God, amen? Simply because we can Next he says in verse 2, he says, serve the Lord with gladness. All creation serves God just by following their designed purpose. Another way to be close to God is when we're serving him. Our church uh, used to do mission trips to Stone Mountain, Georgia. And it's, it's a really neat place. I don't know if you've ever been in, in that area. But there's also some very rough areas because it's right on the outskirts of Atlanta. And we would go to these apartment complexes. Uh, I remember one summer, it was we were going to three different places, but one of them was so bad they condemned the whole place and they had to kick everybody out. So these are pretty rough neighborhoods. We would go there and they would give us a little apartment to run a VBS out of and we would the area children to come, and I'm telling you, I mean, 75 to 100 kids would just show up out of nowhere. But it would be, it's a, it was a rough area. There was a, a raid on the apartment next to us because it was a grow house. Uh, you would go to the playground, and there's broken glass and needles on the ground and 9-millimeter gun, you know, shot casings. It was a rough area. And I say that to say this. There was this little boy, I think his name was Derek. I'm lucky I can remember my own name, and this was years ago. So let's call him Derek. But this kid was, was awesome. He was about 10 years old, and he came the first couple of days, and then on the third day, he didn't show up. Let me explain something. When you're on a, 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 like a 10-day mission trip like that, I don't know if you've ever done anything like that. And we were staying at this church and in someone's house, and you're, you're with like 15 people, and you just really start to get on each other's nerves. And you know you're there for a good purpose, but it, you just seem really just stressed out. You're tired. You're cranky. And you really just don't want to be there anymore. This was day three, and this was starting to happen. It was a rough trip. There was this little boy, Derek, and he, he didn't show up. But one of his sisters showed up and said, 
Derek can't come today. We were playing around, and he, he shattered his leg. His leg's broken. Now, in this big apartment complex, it went pretty deep, like maybe four or five blocks deep. And I said, well, where is Derek? I'll go get him. I'll get in my car, and we'll drive, and we'll go get him. The, the people that were running this from the church, they're like, Pastor Jared, I don't know if you want to do that. I mean, just know the area that you're in, and we can't really go with you right now. It's just, it's last minute. And I said, you know what, I'm going to go. So I grabbed somebody, and we jumped in where they knew where they were, and, and we went back there. And when I pulled up to, on the front stoop, I, there was a legitimate gang sitting on the front porch. I mean, these dudes looked like they would just kill you just as soon as look at you. So I'm like, okay, here we go. They're staring at us. We're staring at them. I get out of my, my, my car, and I walk up, and they're like, what do you want? And I was like, I'm, I'm looking for Derek, this little boy, about 10 years old, and he, he shattered his leg, and he couldn't come to VBS today. And one guy springs up, and he goes, that's my little brother. He's like, hey, let's go get him. So these guys get up. They go into this apartment, and they come carrying him out to put him in my truck so that he could go to VBS. It was amazing. I was so humbled by that experience. Number one, you can't ever judge a book by its cover. And number two, when God's going to do a work, you better get out of the way. This boy, I don't know if it was that day or the next day later, heard the and he gave his life to Christ. Serve the Lord with gladness. Another way close to God is when we're serving Him. Sometimes I hear people go, I just don't feel very close to God. He just feels like this far off, distant God. I just don't feel very close. Well, let me ask you, church, are you praising Him? Are you taking time to praise God for all the good things that He's given you in your life? And are you serving Him? If you're not, that could be why you have a lack of joy and purpose in your life and feel far from the Creator. That brings us to our first point. Praising and serving God is what we were created to do. We are never closer to Him than when we do what we were made to do. That didn't get changed. <laughs> we'll go with that. It says the same thing. We were created to serve and praise God. We are never closer to Him than we're doing what we were made to do. Period. We were created to praise and serve God. If you want to feel close to God, praise and serve God. Pretty simple, right? It's all about relationship. We say, I hear many Christians say, it's not, a, it's not about religion, it's about relationship. That is how we fulfill our part. Let's look at the next two verses, three and four. David gives us reasons why God alone deserves our praise. He says, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, and the sheep of his pastor. Even his, or enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. He starts off this chunk of verses by saying, know the Lord, he is God. Does that seem strange to anybody else? It almost seems like it's like redundant or repetitive. 
know that the Lord, he is God? Church, who is the Lord? Who is the Lord? I heard it. I just need to hear it louder. Jesus. That's right. Jesus is Lord. He is God. Know that Jesus is God. He's king and he's worthy of our praise. Some people say that Jesus never referred to himself as God. Some people that even call themselves Christians say Jesus never called himself God. One of these ways we know that's true is that he accepted worship. Think about that. Even when he was a baby, the Magi bowed and worshipped the infant Christ. On his way into Jerusalem before his death, what happened? They worshipped him by saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, meaning, please save us. If Jesus didn't think himself to be God, that would have been a highest form of blasphemy. You think of the angel. Now, what happened when an angel came down to earth and, and showed themselves to mankind? The first thing man, uh, anybody did was hit the ground and worship that angel. If it was just an angel of the Lord, the next thing that, very next thing that angel said was, get up, don't worship me. I, I'm just an angel. I'm not God. You're making us look bad. Get up. That angel would not accept worship because that would be the highest form of blasphemy. Jesus accepted worship. Church, do you know this morning that Jesus is God? That's kind of heard. Yes. Do you know this morning that Jesus is God? That's why we know, we grow, and we go. We know each other, and we know that Jesus is God. Another reason, you see, in there, he said, it is he who made us. It reminds me of the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 3. All things that were made were made through him. Speaking of Jesus, he is our creator. Do you know that creation that we were just talking about before? The mountains, the, you know, the beautiful sunsets. Think about creation itself. Creation begs for a creator. Now, this isn't just faith or religion that says this. This is science that says this. Science tells us that matter does not just appear out of nothing. Everything that exists had a beginning. Think about that. Everything that exists, that we can see, touch, smell, every single thing that exists had a beginning. Everything that has a beginning had a cause. Something caused that thing to begin to happen or begin to exist. It was a something or a someone. Therefore, everything that you see has a cause. Something caused it to happen. Something caused it to come into existence. It Creation cannot create itself. 
Jesus is our creator. And that is reason enough why he alone deserves our praise. Amen? Should we not worship the one who created us for his purpose? But we don't always, do we? Especially before we were saved. Look what it says again in verse 3 as it continues. Here's another reason why he alone deserves our praise. We are his. We are his people. It wasn't always that way, was it? Before I was saved at the age of 27, I wasn't his people. In fact, he created me. He deserved me to worship him because of he created me, but just like everybody in this room, I rebelled against him in sin. Then he came to earth, he lived a perfect existence, and then died on the cross to pay the penalty for my rebellion. He was then resurrected, defeating sin and death forever. And he promises us that if we turn from our sin and turn to him for forgiveness, and we put our faith not in us, but in what he did on the cross, that we could become his people. What more could he possibly do to deserve our worship? Brings us to our second point. Jesus is our creator and savior. No one deserves our praise more. He created us. We rebelled against him. We're the bad guys in the story. But he saved us and made us his people. No one should deserve our praise and our worship and our adoration more. It reminds us of our main idea. We praise God because that is what we were created to do and because he alone is worthy. What more can he do to earn our praise? Well, we have one more verse left, so let's find out. Verse 5. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. For the Lord is good. His goodness, church, is unmatched. His grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, his love is unmatched. It goes on to say, his steadfast love endures forever. His faithfulness is unmatched. No one can or will ever love you like God loves you. Understand that. No one on this planet can or ever will love you like God loves you. His promises are forever. This God that we serve and worship is immutable. That word means that he's unmovable. He cannot be moved and he will never change. I posted something on Facebook. It was a meme the other day and it said this. I've given God a million reasons not to love me and not one of them changed his mind. 
Is that not awesome? How could we not praise him every second of every day? Brings us to our third and final point. Jesus is our sustainer, and his love and promises are forever. See, he saves us, and then he holds us in a position of righteousness. It's all from him and because of him. We worship a God who loves us absolutely and forever. As we get ready to close, I'm going to invite Mike Enzara to come up. We're going to do something a little bit different today. As you notice, we cut out one of the, the praise songs in the beginning because we're going to have two on the back end. So as they say, set up, I want to remind us what David wrote about being thankful and praising God. The first is this. We were created to serve and praise God. We are never closer to him than when we are doing what we were made to do. Church, I promise you today that when you're feeling beat up and pushed down and just brutalized by this world, find a way to praise God. Find a way to serve God. Praise him for something good in your life, especially your salvation. Amen? Or you know what? Here's a great idea. Go love on somebody that needs it. Find somebody that needs to be loved on and go pour out the love of Christ on them. Or here's another idea. Serve in your local church. We would love that as well. David also says in our next point, Jesus is our creator and savior. No one deserves our praises more. We do these things because it's not a religious act. You know what? Take that religious act and throw it in the garbage. We do this because no one deserves our praise and devotion more. Church, he made you, he saved you, and gives you all these good things in your life. Let's praise and serve him. Third, we learn Jesus is our sustainer. His love and promises are forever. We don't have to wonder if God's going to hold up his end of the bargain. Your spouse, your best friend, your boss, your siblings, your pastors will let you down. God will never let you down. You don't have to wonder if he will hold up his end of the bargain. Should we not return the favor? Should we not strive to be as faithful to him as he is to us? Now, we're not even going to come close, but we should strive to do so. And it reminds us of our main idea. We praise God because that is what we were created to do. And because he alone is worthy. Now, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray and I'm going to get out of Mike and Zara's way and they're going to lead us in two songs of praise and worship. I want you to focus on these things. I want you to focus on what you're grateful for and just cry out to the, to the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, you alone are worthy of our praise. Forgive us for the things that we worship in our lives that's not you. You created us for your purpose and then rescued us 
from when we rebelled against you, you alone are worthy of our praise. Lord, if there's someone here that does not know that peace and joy of being one of your people, I pray they would not wait one single moment more to find out how good you are. In fact, I'm going to be sitting down here worshiping, and if you want to find out what that's like, come and find me right now, and, and we'll go through that. I'll help you understand how that process takes place. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com, or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.